just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is doing well. We've got one of those special programs where we have a listener joining me on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Today, it's Fred. Fred's been on, you've been on twice before? Yeah, this is uh, time number three. I was on once a while back and then uh, maybe about a month ago with you and Ed. Jesus, I might have to get you a SAG card or something. (laughs) I don't even have one, so and I've been in radio for forty years. So, um, uh, and and you're in the Midwest, right? Yeah, I'm in an, uh, outside of Chicago. So you and I aren't that far apart. I'm in Minneapolis. You're in Chicago. We're kind of of the Midwest mindset. Um, it's been a while since we talked. You do send some emails from time to time. Um, the last time that we talked. And I can't even remember what we talked about. I can't remember what I talked about yesterday. But uh, the last time we talked, could you have ever imagined that things would kind of shake out the way they're shaking out now? It seems like every day there's some fucking new revelation that we never even thought about. I I remember, you know, the show that we were on, the last time I was on with you and Ed, it, it was you know, we're waiting for stuff to happen. We're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting for that to happen with, with Donald Trump and down in Georgia with Fonnie Willett. And it just seems like in that last month, it's just become a shit show for Donald Trump and the Republicans. And I'm happy to see it. Believe me, I'm sitting here with my popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I don't think we even sensed it would come to this. And, you know, based on our, our last conversation with you, me and Ed, I just, I just didn't see it. I don't think any of us did. Um, but I mean, we do know that Merrick Garland does have a propensity to to take things slow, and I, I did read recently that he's a hundred percent conviction rate. So he obviously <laughs> know, he obviously knows what he's doing. Well, you know, for the longest time, and I always got angry with these people—people people who were followers and listeners—where they would say, "Oh, Merrick Garland's not going to do anything. The DOJ is not going to do anything. Nobody's going to be accountable." And I said. Just fucking be patient, man. I, I'd like it. I'd like them all cuffed and in jail today too. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. So not only have we seen Merrick Garland do something, he's fucking ramped this up pretty heavily. Like you say, far more than we expected. I honestly thought that you know if if they ever did search Mar-a-Lago, it wasn't going to be until right before the midterms. I mean, I I kind of feel like his hand was forced with the classified documents, but still, I just I just did not see this happening. It's I'm I'm thrilled that it did, but I thought we were going to be. I thought it would have even gone into early next year before we even got some some uh, you know where it looked like he was making headway. I mean, I knew. Deep down, I knew he was making headway, and I knew there was stuff going behind the scenes. He's not going to share the details of the investigation with us. I'd be, you know, who, who are you and I? You know, we're not privy to that. Um, but like you said, he just ramped it up in a big way for the last well, couple of weeks. Well, and the thing about it is, it, it was wasn't even him that ramped it up. I mean, they could have done the search, and we might not have known about it at all because they weren't going out and publicizing it. 
You know, it might have leaked out someplace through the press or whatever. But guess who let us all know? Donald Trump. As I've said before, yeah. let him open his mouth. He'll fuck it up one way or another. Yeah. And just, you know, and it's always like he's the victim. He's the victim. And then all his supporters are outside Mar-a-Lago and, you know, oh, poor Donald Trump. Oh, we're, we stand with you. It's like, God, you know, and, and you say we're the sheep and we're the ones in the cult. And, you know, I think it was this morning, one of the uh, listeners, one of the other listeners said they're a cult of personality. It's perfect way to, uh, to sum it up. And it just reminded me of that living color song from the, from the nineties. I mean, it's just, the lyrics fit what the Republicans are. <laughs> well, it is. And, you know, it's funny about that email, too. They said, this is definitely a cult of personality. And then they asked me, how can they believe this shit? I said, go back to what you just said, because they're a cult of personality. They don't think like yeah. we think. They're they're lost. They're brainwashed. Whatever you want to call it, they are in a position to believe whatever comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. And we know from experience from six years that everything that comes out of his mouth is literally a lie. I, I've never heard someone that can spew as much bullshit as he does. It's just, it's just unreal to me and people buy it. I mean, it's uh, I was sitting on my driveway the other day and, you know, I fly a, a pride flag and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just want people to know, Hey, I'm an ally. And there's a woman who lives down the street from me, just, just a nasty, nasty lady. Except when she needed needs help with something. Absolutely. But I'm just I'm sitting outside, just listening to music, minding my own business. And she goes, "How long are you gonna fly that flag?" I, said, I don't know until I feel like taking it down. And she's like, "Well, you know, Pride Month was was in June. You should you should be done with that." I said, "I said, you know what? It's staying up." She's like, "Well, these Repub these Democrats are gonna come take your freedoms. That's what they're doing." I said, "Lady, we live in a democratic state, and..." I've never had freedoms taken away from me. The fact that I live in Illinois and I can fly this flag freely, it just goes against it. And she's like, well, Donald Trump's coming back. I said, okay, all right, have have a nice day. And I, I just that's just an example, but these people, they buy into this shit. Like, really, they, you really think he's coming back? They do, but I, I don't know if they really believe it. I, I've, I've, uh, I've talked to people like that before. And and they've said he's definitely coming back. I said, "How much do you believe that?" Hundred percent. I said, "Okay, you want to make some easy money?" Yeah. I said, "I got a thousand bucks. He isn't back by X date. Let's put our money into escrow someplace. So you, we know, I know, I can get my money from you, and you know, you can get your money from me. Put your money where your mouth is." And they never fucking do it. I think deep down they know it's all bullshit. But like bullies, I think they they think if they talk loud and proud and in your face, they can get you to acquiesce and and back down. And unfortunately, that has worked for a while for these people. It's not working now, and now they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and and like you said, it's it, they're always got to be louder than everybody else. Every Republican that I know that buys into Donald Trump's BS is is always going to talk over you. Like you try to present them with facts, and they just start talking over you. And, you know, it's like, hey, if you don't want to hear what I have to say, you know, keep living your living your life and living your life. Fine by me. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You know, when I started out on TikTok, everybody said, you got to have a niche. You got to have a niche. You got to fit a niche. And, you know, the whole idea of talking about politics is something I had been talking about before on Facebook and a much smaller scale. Um, and I thought, well, that's not much of a niche. I'm an old guy. Yeah, maybe I'm a boomer, but I'm not talking like a boomer. That's kind of a niche. 
But then I realized my own personality was my niche because while I have democratic views and liberal views, at least at this point in my life, <laughs> I don't talk like a liberal. I talk like a fucking Republican. And that's what confuses the Republicans. I've had, <laughs> I've had people say to me, you sound like a Republican. I go, thank you. Cause I'm not going to take shit. I'm going to get in your face and it confuses them. They don't know what to do with that, getting what they're spewing out back at them. Yeah. And see, I, I use the approach is I just, I don't raise my voice. If they raise their voice, I just, I talk like I'm talking right now. And I think that drives them nuts too. Cause they want me oh, to get yeah. fired up and get mad. And, you know, I know I've got facts behind me and they can tell me whatever I want, whatever they want. And, and I've, I've mentioned before that I've got a client of mine that is a, is a Trump fuck and, you know, he'll talk over everybody. And I know it drives him crazy when I just present him with facts and well, well, what about this? What about that? And he's still on, what about Hunter Biden's laptop? Like, what about it? <laughs> tell me, tell me all about it. <laughs> and it just drives him crazy. Cause I don't, I don't engage them at their level. I just, I stay calm and quiet and it just, it, it just, it tortures them. And, and I love it. <laughs> You know, the thing about Hunter Biden, the more I hear about Hunter Biden, he does sound like, at least for a time, I don't know if he still is, was kind of a piece of shit. He was a drug addict. He was kind of grifting for money. He may have been using his dad for leverage or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Hunter Biden isn't president. He isn't in the government. They're just grasping on anything to take down Joe Biden. The problem is here we are sitting here with Joe Biden. As much as he wouldn't have been my first choice for president, he's probably the most successful president legislatively in the history of this country. That's got to be worth something. And yeah. he hasn't taken away anybody's civil rights. It's the Republicans that have taken civil rights from uh, women in this country. So I, 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 I don't understand their argument. It's, it's crazy to me because, you know, I think what catches when I have conversations about Hunter Biden, I say, well, if he's, guilty of a crime put him in jail yeah like well what about your boy hunter biden he's not my boy i i, I even said this if if hillary clinton is guilty of something put her in jail yeah I, I don't care republican democrat whig I, I don't care put him in put him in jail if they're guilty of a crime well i, mean, I think i think a lot of these people don't understand our mindset because their mindset is like you say a cult of personality it's there. They're there to root for and and protect their guy and all the guys around him. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, if it's if it's twenty twenty four and the presidential election's coming up and Joe Biden decides not to run, and uh, we find out he did something illegal, put that fucker in jail too. I'm I'm yeah. cool with it. I'm I looking for somebody any, to work for us. Yeah, I would support any House committee if they found that Joe Biden was up to no good. Absolutely investigated, but well, you know, the, it's the thing is, is that even if Joe Biden was was doing something criminal, he's ten thousand times smarter than Donald Trump would would never get caught at it. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's even ten thousand times smarter than Donald Trump. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> brag about that. That's yeah, that's <laughs> that's not a compliment. It's you know, it, it it's what. One of the things that bothers me, too, is people get caught up, Democrats get caught up in the rhetoric from the Republicans, and they give these people too much power. You know, like the talk about the midterms. Well, Donald Trump's going to or the Republicans are going to win in the midterms. Based on what? 
Give me one fact that shows they are going to win in the midterms. The only thing they've ever been able to tell me, well, historically speaking, yeah, but history is a little different now than we've ever seen before. So you really can't use that angle. But I, I, I try to I try to explain to um, somebody. We had Donald Trump and the Republicans lose in 2020. Donald Trump lost by seven million votes. Uh, we uh, the Democrats kept the House. And the Democrats won the Senate, essentially. It's close, but they won. Tell me what has happened in the last two years to get Republicans more vote. I can only point out those things that would cost them votes. That's the only things I can see. Now, the only shred of doubt that, or, that I have is that there's a good amount of people in this country that are just stupid. And That is true. But I, but I like to think the smarter people... I think there's enough independence that would sway the vote. I know there's some, I, I just heard in Alaska that a Democrat uh, won the house seat. Did I read that? I don't, I just it caught a blurb of that. A Democrat won the special election. Really? Uh, in Alaska to, to take over the seat. I, I forget the name of the Congressman that had passed away in January. It, it was hard to decipher because they use now they use that ranked system in Alaska, but I just caught a glimpse of it a little bit ago that I think there was a Democrat, uh, Native American. She's really popular. I think she was a, either a mayor or state rep or something. And she won the special election to, to finish the term. And then she's supposed to be the leader for the election in November. I mean, that, that would be a, a big deal because, you know, Sarah Palin, it's, I don't even think, I think she came in second or third. Yeah. And, something uh, like that. Sarah so, Palin yeah, Sarah Palin is the start of all this bullshit we're dealing with now. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That kind of candidate, she was the first of that type, and now we're just infested with these fucks. It's just you know what's good news always is that uh and something else brought up in the email in the previous podcast <clears throat> was that these crazy Trump endorsed candidates that are going up against Democrats. There are a number of spots where they're not doing well, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and some other spots, maybe even Georgia. Um, and we know it and the candidates know it, but apparently the Republican PACs know it too, because they're pulling money out of those places. They're looking at it as just throwing away money when it comes to Dr. Oz or, or talks to J.D. Vance or whatever, they're pulling money out. So we know not only do we feel confident about those areas and the polls look good, but even the Republicans are saying, yeah, let's not throw good money after bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've heard, uh, I think my favorite thing about the whole Dr. Oz campaign is he tries to troll John Fetterman. And John Fetterman is just so much better at it. <laughs> he is. I mean, um, Fetterman or uh, Dr. Oz was at a he was at a grocery store and he was shopping. And he was complaining about how the high prices are, and I forget what he called all the vegetables that he bought. Anyway, Fetterman trolled him and said, "In Pennsylvania, we call that a vegetable tray." Yeah. And it's just you know, it, it's just it's mind boggling that you know that they're so out of touch with reality, and and the people that you know they support. I know we we've talked in the past about. Rudy Giuliani and um, I, I can't remember the, the crazy woman who was just 
that she hired the people to, or she oversaw hacking the Dominion voting machine uh, Sydney, in Georgia. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. If those are the people that are going to, they're going to lead the Republican Party in a sense. Or it's it's like I, wow, that's all I can say. Well, then 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 you have uh, Liz Cheney in Wyoming running against that Trump humping crazy election fraud spewing woman. What's her name? Harriet Hageman. Uh, yeah. She's a lawyer. She has no political experience. So Donald Trump goes after Liz Cheney for obvious reasons. She voted to impeach him. She's on the January 6th committee. They wanted to bury Liz Cheney. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and the uh, House Republicans censor her, take away all her all her uh, um, appointments, and they think they're winning this. They're excited about this. But unfortunately, what happens is Wyoming, which is a real red state, only has one representative, and that's Liz Cheney. So Liz Cheney, who's been in office for six years, um, has gained prominence, gained power, so much power that she was a leader amongst the Republicans. So now what they're going to do is flush Liz Cheney down the toilet and bring in this woman who's nobody, who will end up hanging out with Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar and be virtually ineffective in the House of Representatives. I mean, this is a perfect reason to not have uh, two senators in Wyoming and two senators in a state like, say, California. I mean, it's uh, I mean, I I get why they did it. Ironically, my son was studying how the government was formed last year. And I, you know, refreshed my memory on a lot of that. I understand why they did it to appease both sides. It was compromised, but I just, it's just, you know, yeah, Wyoming is a red state and the only place that it is liberal is around Jackson. Yeah. And I know that uh, we, we know somebody who lives in Jackson and they are a Democrat, but they actually voted for Liz Cheney in this election to try to keep her in power. But um, obviously, you know, the rural areas are, you know, toothless uh, Trump, Trumplicans. They felt like, Oh no, we got to vote for Hageman. She's our best foot forward. And it's just, they're going to, like you've said, David, they're going to have zero representation in the House of Representatives. They really are. And, you know, once all this comes down and all is exposed by Donald Trump, there is going to be, these people are going to be wholesaled out. I mean, people like Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, they're probably going to end up getting expelled from from Congress because of their connection to the January 6th committee. She wasn't there then, but she'll be lumped in with those guys and she'll become completely a joke. She won't last more than one two-year term. Yeah, well, she's already a joke. Yeah. <laughs> she, hasn't even been, she hasn't even technically been elected yet, but I, I think it's a foregone conclusion in, in a state like Wyoming. Now, the one thing, one thing that troubles me and it's because people watch TV and they don't look into it. I will hear some Democrats say, well, poor Liz Cheney, she'll run for president. I'd vote for her. You fucking better not because Liz Cheney is not your friend. Liz Cheney is, is, is all about overturning Roe v. Wade. I don't know if she's changed her status, but at one point she was against gay marriage in spite of the fact her sister was gay, got all kinds of trouble for that. Uh, she has integrity. She has credibility. But she in no way represents anybody in the Democratic uh, Party. 
Yeah. And I, and I think the extent of her getting Democratic votes should be what in this past election to try to keep Hageman out of office, because I don't think any Democrat is ever going to get elected in Wyoming. Um, no, I don't think so with, either. Even with Jackson being as liberal as it is, it's still you got a lot of rich people there who are conservatives and will always vote Republican. Um, but I think that should be the extent of any Democrat ever voting for Liz Cheney is to try to keep someone worse out of office. Well, that's what people are always whining about. The Republicans are crowing about it and some Democrats are uh, are upset about it. They're going, oh, all these endorsees by Donald Trump are winning their primaries. I, I, I get a feeling that people don't understand the difference between primaries and general elections, but they, they're bemoaning the fact that Donald Trump's endorsees are winning these primaries. And I've said all along, that's good. That's what we want. The crazy, yeah, the crazier the fucking Republican, the better. Case in point, Ohio with, uh, with, uh, JD Vance and, uh, Pennsylvania with Dr. Ross. These guys are crazies. They have no credibility and they are going to lose. Now you put a solid Republican in Pennsylvania or Ohio, chances are better that they're going to beat the Democrats. So we want the crazies. You know, they always think ahead. They go, well, if they get in, we're fucked. Well, they're not going to get in. I'd rather have a crazy Republican lose than a relatively normal Republican win. We're going to be better off. We're we're dealing with that on the gubernatorial level here in Illinois after the November election. Um, Darren Bailey is the Republican nominee. And this guy, just picture a guy, an overweight version of Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. <laughs> uh. he, it's exactly what he sounds like. I mean, my, my mom, it's, it's hilarious. We were, we were, had everyone over for dinner at our house and a Darren Bailey commercial comes on. My mom's like, Oh, I hate this fucking guy. Turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it just, he's a perfect example of a Trumplican. He made, he made a statement back in 2017 when he was running for state rep and it was a really anti-Semitic comment, but he doubled down. When confronted with it recently, he, he said the extent, attempted extermination of the Jews of World War II doesn't even compare on the shadow of life that has been lost with abortion since its legalization. So he made that comment back in 2017. That might fly in downstate Illinois where, you know, there, there's, it's very, very conservative. I, I've been but, in downstate, I've been downstate Illinois. I'm not going yeah, back. Not, to, I ain't going no, back there. <laughs> Um, well, both my uh, or all my nephews and nieces went went to school downstate, and getting down there, it's it's a different world. It is. But he he tried to rebut it by saying, "Well, the Jewish community themselves have told me I'm right." Jewish leaders, That's and other Jewish leaders have come out and said, "Who'd you talk to? Because you didn't talk to us." And and I think I think Jenna had actually brought it up that it, it's against Jewish law to outlaw abortion. So for a Jewish leader to say that. It, 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 either a they're just trying they got paid or he's lying so i'm guessing it's the latter he's lying about it but that's it i know you've mentioned it countless times that they just when they're caught in something like that they just double down like they nope, double I'm, I'm, they double down and you know what what's funny is in my life whether it be just in general like everybody else i've had occasion to lie <clears throat> there have been situations where I've lied. I may not be proud of it, but over my lifetime, I have lied. What troubles me about these Republicans right now, they lie. 
and they're fucking horrible at it. I mean, they're so blatant and you know, it's a lie. That's, that's the, that's the most amazing thing to me. They will pull anything out, speak it as if it's the gospel and then support it. No matter how silly it looks, it's, it's crazy. They don't even just support it. It's like they're proud of it. Yeah. And, and everybody knows. I, I, I don't know like how a guy like Mike Lindell could even like think that people believe him. I mean, does he believe it? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's crazy. It's like, it, it's like the, uh, what was the Jim Jones, like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. Like, I, I, was, I wish they'd all just drink the Kool-Aid, but. When you got a guy like Mike Lindell saying, oh, it's going to happen on this date, happen on this date, happen on this date, and it keeps getting kicking the can down the road, and it never happens. Like, don't you think at that point, like, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about? Well, yeah, he doesn't. You know, and, and he amazes me. His his headquarters is probably about 10 miles from me where I'm living, and um, I don't go down there. I don't know Mike Lindell. But, but I mean, here's a guy who had a successful business, and uh, – and he's pretty much lost it now. He's trying to sell things at 80% off and trying to come up with other little scams to sell and stuff. He's looking ridiculous. He's going to be sued by, uh, by Dominion for $1.6 billion. He's destroyed. He's done. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can acknowledge that people do stupid things and they destroy themselves. What I don't understand is as he's sitting on the precipice of being destroyed, He's still fucking doing it. I mean, does he figure I got nothing more to lose? So fuck it. I'll just keep going and hope to God I'll come out the right side. He's not going to. Either that or he got back into his drug habit and he really believes what, what he's doing is right. (laughs) Well, if he ever had a reason to get back into his drug habit, (laughs) the last (laughs) six months would probably be a good reason. I, you know, I heard one Republican say telling somebody else, Oh yeah, Dominion dropped the dropped the lawsuits against Sidney Powell and 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 Mike Lindell. No, they didn't. No, they didn't fucking all. But they say it so they believe it's true, and they heard it on Fox News, or they heard some variation on Fox News, and they conjured in their mind what they wanted to, to believe. And that that's really the sad thing about these Republicans is they're all they're all misinformed, and they're delusional and. They can't win in the end. As much as it's damaging now and has been up to this point, they're going to lose. They're going to crash and burn. And I don't understand how they don't know that. You know, the, on the off chance that they did retake the House, let's say they do, there's, there's, I don't think there's any chance in hell that they're going to retake the Senate. I, I just don't no, see it. No, I see it being like a 54-46 split or yeah, even 53-47. Um, I know we talked about it with Ed last time that we, you know, some reports saying them taking as many as eight seats, which would be nice. But be nice. I, That's I, pushing it. I would, t- I would take fifty three forty seven. Absolutely. Um, the the only thing that concerns me about the house is all the gerrymandering in some of these states. Um, just I was looking at a map of Ohio and Jim Jordan's district, and, and you know, and it, it's like in Democratic states too, but Jim Jordan's district makes absolutely no sense. It's like like a sliver through the middle of the state. Right. But I mean, they do that in Illinois too. I look at my representative district and it, it makes zero sense how they actually district it that way. But yeah, um, let, let, I, let's, let's be, let's be honest. The Republicans are doing it now and everybody's in an uproar. 
But over time and over history, the Democrats have done it too. The mm-hmm. Democrats have been the bad guys at various times in history. That's why, you know, as much as I'm supporting the Democrats, I'm only doing it to put out the dumpster fire with the Republicans. But if we get fortunate enough where the Democrats in control, we can't let up. We got to still be in their shit to make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, they, they can't be complacent or start pulling shit like the Republicans did. Like, I mean, the Democrats would never give the rich a two mil- two trillion dollar tax break, but. There's other things potentially that, that they've done in the past that I didn't necessarily agree with. And, you know, we got to, yeah, like you said, we got to, we got to stay on them. Well, what I'm concerned about is, you know, they have this urgency for build back better and all these bills that, that go to the middle class. And they're doing it for a very good reason because they know it's going to work against the Republicans and it's going to get them more votes. So my concern is, is that, um, after the midterms, they get a good majority in the House and the g- good majority in the Senate. And that urgency goes away and they say, well, we'll just fucking coast for a bit. Because from my standpoint, if you get that kind of majority in the uh, in the House and the Senate and you have Joe Biden, you should start passing every fucking thing you can get your hands on now that you have the opportunity. But we know they don't take opportunities because they could have codified Roe v. Wade way back when. Yeah, we got other stuff to worry about. That'll never happen. So like you say, the complacency or they just get lazy and want to rest on their laurels. We've got to make sure they don't do that when and if they get power. Well, my question is, is why wasn't it done 30 years ago? You know, when Clinton was in power, you could have done all this stuff. You could have codified Roe v. Wade and you could have uh, because back then there wasn't they weren't using the filibuster like uh, like handing out candy. Right. You know, you, you'd, you'd hear about the filibuster every so often. But, um, you know, why didn't you pass something like Build Back Better back in the 90s? Why wasn't that done? Because like you said, Build Back Better is transformational. Nothing's been done like this since the 30s. Right. Well, why? Why? <laughs> I mean, the Democrats have been in power at various times. Yeah. They could have done it. See, that's that's what I mean about this. Uh, uh, people say, you're a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat. And I'm not a Republican because I don't see it as Democrats versus Republicans. I see it as us versus them. They have power. They have money. They have control, whether they be Democrat or Republican. It's on us to stay in their shit to make sure they do their job. And unfortunately, one of the main reasons we are where we are is the apathy that this everybody got fat and happy and did said, well, they'll just do whatever they do and not be focused. That's the one thing that Donald Trump may have helped this country with is everybody's more sitting up straight going, wait, what the fuck? And and and, and more engaged in what's going on in politics. He may have brought that to the forefront more for a lot of folks who wouldn't normally be involved. Well, for sure. I know I can count at least 10 people that I, I, I know personally that went out and voted for the first time in 2020 because they were terrified of Donald Trump staying in office. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one thing they've got to kind of foment going into this midterm too. We've got to instill that fear uh, to get people out of, out of their, living rooms and out to vote. And and frankly, that's not a fake thing either. The fear that they had with Donald Trump is still should be still just as strong 
for these midterms, because if by some chance the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, we are truly fucked. Yeah, I was, you know, I was watching uh, last night Escape from L.A. with uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. And uh, it's it's basically what happens is, is uh, a guy like Trump gets into power and he starts enacting all these uh, dystopian laws and, you know, like uh, morality laws and this and that. And then if you break the law, you're basically sent out to California, which has been become an island because of an earthquake. And right. you're only and you have no hope of escape. You know, they and Kurt Russell's character, uh, Plitz, was it Plitzkin? He Something uh, like that, yeah. He gets uh, he meets up with a with a Muslim woman who's been thrown on on the island because of her religious beliefs. And, you know, it, it, it back then when the movie came out, you know, it, it's a cult classic now. But when it came out, it's like, oh, this would never happen. But I don't think it would ever happen to that extent. But, you know, if Republicans gain power, you're going to start seeing shit like this happening, like, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade it could could potentially be codified federally. And then, and then what? I mean, not, or it could be a, abortion could be outlawed federally. federally and then yeah. what do you, and then what do you have? You know? Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, th- that particular film and, and, uh, idiocracy. I don't know if you've ever seen the film, but it's a, it's a comedy and it's a joke about how stupid people in America and the government was. And that ends up being too close for comfort as far as being real. Tell you what, uh, uh, Fred, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, Fred, I wanted to talk a little bit about Donald Trump and how he must be feeling right now. Uh, it's maybe hard for us to comprehend, but everywhere he turns, shit is raining down on him. We got caught up in all this Mar-a-Lago stuff, and frankly, that may be the most egregious thing that he might be giving top-secret documents um, to adversarial countries. Um They'll be saying, well, those documents weren't a big deal. It's not a big deal. Well, that's not the point. The fact that he took them out of the White House is a crime. The fact that he lied to the DOJ about not having them is a crime. The fact that he had had he was holding these things in his home unsecured, that is a crime. The question he needs to be asked is, okay, regardless of what's in those documents, why did you have them? I can't think of any possible – don't tell me you brought him home from work because you're so diligent as a worker. You're not. <laughs> and if you did, why didn't you bring him back? And so the only possible reason – and some people have said this. They've said – they said, well, he just likes cool stuff and he likes to look important, so he thought he'd have these documents to show off to people, which, again, is a crime. But you can't tell me there wasn't some grift involved here. He didn't realize that there was some money to be involved, especially with his connection with Saudi Arabia and uh, and, and and Russia. There, there's a lot we don't know about this, but you did hit the nail on the head when you said, "Oh, he likes to look important." So, him having these documents, like the, the kid on the block with the new toy that uh, no one else has. You know, just it it reminds me of when he was when he had COVID when he was at Walter Reed and he was signing writing on a blank document with a Sharpie. Right, right. It looked like he was signing something. But I I just I think there's a lot we don't know about what was found. And I I truly believe that and I know you've said it and any anybody who's got half a brain could figure, well, he took this for profit to to make money off of this somehow. 
And the first thing that comes to mind is the $2 billion from the Saudis. And exactly. The fact that, that the fact that he wanted to give them nuclear capabilities and Congress is like, no, no, no. But it's just, I can't see him listening to anybody. And I think he just did that. He, it was calculated when he did it. And the fact that he was able to get those documents down to Mar-a-Lago is no easy feat because my understanding is when you have a classified document, especially of the highest uh, top secret level, is there's a lot of checks and balances that go into that. So there were probably a lot more people in the White House that were complicit in this whole thing, knew, knew what he was doing. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. I, I think I think what we don't know about what's in those documents and what he intended to do with those documents is like a billion times worse than we can even imagine. I think Merrick Garland, to be this aggressive, is in a position where he just can't help but do something because it's so fucking bad. I mean, the idea that Donald Trump had these things for 18 months, and if he was looking to give them to Saudi Arabia or Russia, the idea that he hasn't already done it, that would be crazy. That's totally out of character for somebody like Donald Trump. Well, I, I guarantee you he went down there you know, January 21st of 2021. He's down there and he's calling his buddy Vladimir Putin. Hey, look what I got. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's there's he, like he's like a child. I mean, we, we've said it a, a thousand times. He's like a child. You know, he had this and he had to show it off. He's not he's not going to sit on it for 19 months. I think any damage that he could have done, I think he's done a lot of it already. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about it, you know, we go back to his connection with Russia. I mean, I've always thought that Russia pretty much financed him by way of Deutsche Bank. And now there's a Deutsche Bank banker that's going to testify. So that's going to fuck up Donald Trump. But basically, nobody, no bank would ever give Donald Trump a loan because he doesn't pay them back. But Deutsche Bank did, and Deutsche Bank is known for laundering money, got in trouble for laundering money from Russia. So it only makes sense that Russia fed some money to Deutsche Bank, and then they fed that to Donald Trump, and they supported him. I got to think now that Russia is maybe a little down on Donald Trump, so Donnie had to find a new sugar daddy, and that sugar daddy is Saudi Arabia. That's why he wanted to get them nuclear weapons. That's why, you know, when when— when Jared was given that $2 billion, it was after he was out of office, out of Donald Trump was out of office. You have to wonder if those documents weren't delivered and that was payment. I mean, they're suggesting that, that Jared is going to manage it for him. Well, Jared has no fucking experience managing any kind of money, let alone $2 billion. Well, Jared Kushner always looks like he, uh, crapped his pants every time, uh, he a picture of him. He just, he just looks terrified. I don't think he would know what to do. I mean, it, I think he touched on it in the past. Like he's his dad was a was a gangster, or a and in jail until type. Trump, and then Trump pardoned him. Yeah. So Jerry Kushner doesn't. He's always just rested on daddy's laurels, like on his money, and he did the same thing with his father in law too, with Donald Trump. And I, I mean, I just I can't see any logical reason to give Jerry Kushner two billion dollars, let alone like two hundred thousand dollars or two thousand dollars. Like, what is he going to do with it? Yeah, that, and, that that's troubling. I, and I have a feeling they're going to dig into that. And maybe that's where Merrick Garland is going with that. You see that documents are stolen 
and you see Saudi Arabia giving his son-in-law $2 billion. And I've always said that $2 billion that went to Jared, <laughs> if you think Donald Trump's not getting a taste, <laughs> you're fooling yeah. yourself. Donald, yeah, you got to pay the got to pay the Godfather. It would well, it would look a lot worse if they just handed it to Donald Trump. So they had to have an intermediary, much like Russians to Deutsche Bank to Donald Trump. They have to play this game so it doesn't look weird. But unfortunately, it still looks weird. I, you know, when it comes to those documents, Donald Trump doesn't box up documents. Donald Trump doesn't. <laughs> schlep documents out to a truck. They are going to find out there are a lot of people who knew and a lot of people who helped. And as much as Donald Trump may go down, there's going to be a lot of fucking people around him getting indictments. I I think that's why Merrick Garland acted like he did going into Mar-a-Lago. He got a tip from somebody because somebody probably realized the walls were closing in. And they're like, well, I got to save my ass. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give, the, give the Department of Justice something. Um, or I could see the scenario where Melania did it and just cause she hates her husband. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I could see someone like a Jared Kushner being, you know, freaking out and be like, Oh my God, I'm going to go to jail. I got to do something. Right. I don't think Don Jr. has the wherewithal to do that because he's always coked up and Donald Trump Jr. Know. doesn't have the wherewithal to zip his pants coming out of the bathroom. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, I, 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 at first I thought it was one of his kids, but the more I think about it, I just, I just really think it's Jared Kushner that, that was the one that, um, that said, Hey, you guys, you got to get down here. We got a lot of classified documents here that we're not supposed to have. Well, whoever did it is smart enough to be scared because they know it's going to come raining down on them. So that, like you say, they have to find some way out, some way to save their ass. So if they become an informant, hopefully that may not get them out of an indictment, but it may save him a little time or him or her a little time in jail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead of, you know, 30 years, maybe they'll get five or 10, you know, it's, it's a lot better to look at it that way than you know say you're in your 40s and you get 30 years you get out you're an old man you get 10 years okay you're still still got some time left so yeah yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out in the next couple of months i mean it's like i said i got my popcorn i'm waiting for all this to to go down (laughs) what the interesting thing when you look at this is and this is i don't know if donald trump's smart enough to be troubled by this or not i i don't think he is he's you know, I know his personality type, and they're constantly hyping themselves up, thinking they're better than everybody else, thinking that they're smarter and more persuasive than everybody else. But what people have to understand is everything in the January 6th hearings, everything in these documents in Mar-a-Lago are coming from Republicans. All the information, all the evidence is coming from Republicans, not only Republicans, but people very close to him. People are jumping ship very quickly, and I don't even know if he realizes that because once he does, he knows he's fucking done. I think he's just, yeah, like you said, I think he's just too stupid to realize what's going on. And you know, the funny thing is, is, is people that that I know that are Republicans, the, the the people that are turning against Donald Trump, well, they're not real Republican, or they're lying. <laughs> yeah, of and I say, well, okay, maybe one person. I would buy that if one person came forward. But when you've got a whole slew of people and their stories corroborate, 
you think they all got together and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's just, no, there's uh, I, I like, I'm just looking forward to the, the next hearings for January 6th. I, I admit I, I watched the first one and then I kind of just watched the highlights and then I watched the last one, but I, I can't wait to, for the next one coming up in a couple of weeks. And I, I think they're going to time it perfectly where I, I just have a feeling that the, the January 6th hearings are going to, they're going to wrap them up probably like end of October and the whole thing with Merrick Garland. I think that's going to be wrapped. We'll get closer to much closer to a conclusion by the end of the year. I think if, if Donald Trump's going to be indicted, it's going to be in the next month. Yeah. And I think once he gets indicted, we're going to see a lot of other indictments from, from people around him. Well, I think the final summation by the January 6th committee will be the ever popular October surprise. Yeah. You know, there we've always talked about the October surprise and there could be any number of surprises here. Like you say, indictments seem imminent. Uh, you know, I always say don't sleep on Georgia either. We got Rudy Giuliani that has to go testify much as much as he tried to fight it. He had to go and then they tell him he's a target. Now, Lindsey Graham is in the same position. He's saying, I don't want to go. I shouldn't have to go. But the judge says he's got to go. Now, they haven't announced him as a target as yet. But what we, the lesson we learned with, with, with uh, uh, Rudy is that they don't, designate them a target until just before they come to testify. And Lindsay is coming next month, I think, at some point. But if Rudy's a target, Lindsay's got to be a target. And if Lindsay's a target, Donald Trump, without question, is a fucking target. So that Georgia thing may be the first thing that falls on Donald Trump and his people around him. And I, I, I can't wait to see Lindsey Graham start getting his comeuppance because he's been such such a piece of shit with Donald Trump and such a hypocrite. Yeah, I think I, there was a, a one of my friends made a joke the other day that Lady Lindsay's got to update his grinder account to the Atlanta area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, this, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I, yo, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, everybody says they've got something on Lindsay. Donald's got something on Lindsay, and no doubt he probably does. But somebody else brought something up. Remember when the when the when the uh, Russians said uh, that they hacked the Democratic convention or whatever, they got all their data. Well, they also did yeah. that to the Republicans too, which was a smart move. And I'm not sure if Donald Trump's holding something over his head or the, 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 the Russians are holding something over his head, but Lindsay's got a lot to hide. So he's, he's nervous at this point. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the people that turned on a dime with Donald Trump, him, Ted Cruz. They were 100% against Donald Trump and all of a sudden, well, no, he's my best friend. I, I don't, I don't care that, um, that he's, uh, a sycophant and he's not fit to be president or he insulted my wife. Uh, He's my best friend. I, you know, he's the greatest. So yeah, the the only reason you do something like that is because someone has dirt on you. I I wanted to, you know, talk about his best friends and loyalty. We've got this thing up in New York. We've got the uh, Manhattan district and the criminal investigation and the criminal trials and such people were really pushed back about, 
when Alvin Bragg came in as the new DA took over for Cyrus Vance, he seemed to back off Donald Trump. And everybody says, oh, nothing's happening in the Manhattan district. Well, that was after CFO Alan Weisselberg was indicted and the entire Trump organization was indicted. Now, I don't know about you, but when Weisselberg was first arrested, he's a 75-year-old guy. I'm thinking he's going to flip, but he didn't flip. But now he's pleading out. He's pleading guilty. And uh, uh, he's claiming he's not going to testify against Donald Trump, but he's going to testify against the Trump organization. We were talking about this before we went on. You can't exactly testify against the Trump organization and not have it impact Donald Trump. This is not a big company. It was basically Trump and the CFO and a few other people in and around the area. So it's all got to come back to Trump eventually. I, I don't know if he's just trying to make it look like he's not testifying on Donald Trump. And for some reason, they're letting him do that. But but uh, clearly, he got kind of a nice deal in the sense that he's going to go to jail for five months or 100 days, ultimately. At least he's not going to a fucking camp. He's going to Rikers. And that's going to be a tough time for a guy like him. Yeah, I, you don't get a sweet deal like that unless you're given some good information. And for what he did to get five months and eventually just really only serve 100 days, he's given up something juicy because I, I can't see any uh, district attorney or, or any prosecutor saying, yeah, we'll just give you 100 days and, you know, thanks for pleading guilty. But there, there's, I think, yeah, like you said, he's, he's just saying, well, I well, I think that even if he says he's not going to testify against Donald Trump, it's just to make himself look good to the to the Trumplicans, right? But in essence, like, how, what else is he going to do? There's nothing else to give up except everything's going to lead back to Donald Trump. Everything's going to lead back to Donald Trump, and maybe maybe uh, uh, the Manhattan district is just fearful of death threats because we know that's all kinds of happening every every place. But I'm not a lawyer, but. Um, but I sure act like one a lot. But mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking when we're looking at these court cases, this indictment to the Trump organization, and then you throw in the civil lawsuit about his mishandling of uh, of appraisals to his property. I'm thinking somebody asked me yesterday, he said, well, what do you think ultimately is going to happen overall? And I, I suggested that. But in this situation, what I see could potentially happen if he testifies against the Trump organization. And it gets convicted, the organization. That organization is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. His company is defunct or exploded or whatever the fuck. But then you throw in the civil part of it with all the money he may owe and fines. And he could be, you know, he could be bankrupted for the hundredth time now when he gets all the fines and all the problems and the, uh, the restitution and all that stuff. What I see is his company could be disbanded, destroyed, and then all the properties that company has can be confiscated too. I don't know. I may be wrong about that, but that seems like the only fix or the only punishment you can give somebody, especially with a civil lawsuit. I don't see it going any other way as far as restitution and to seize his properties because I don't think, well, I don't think there's a lot of money that's, I think a lot of his wealth is financed by debt. Oh, yeah. Always has been. He doesn't have money. So that, I mean, 
why would he be so because because of his image he wants to come off as a successful businessman well i haven't seen his tax returns to show that he's a successful businessman and then uh, that's the only thing is is the properties and who knows they could be financed up to wazoo there may not even be any equity there you know so you know who knows but yeah ultimately just seeing his company dissolved and him losing his assets would would just destroy him because uh, a narcissist like him, if he doesn't have stuff, well, he's nothing. Or if he doesn't have something that's going to impress somebody else or something he can crow about. But but here's the mindset. And I, and I only say this because I've seen this before from somebody. <clears throat> that you consider yourself rich, but you have nothing but debt. But you justify that by saying to yourself, well, I'm not paying that shit back anyway, so it's my money. So he's got a ton of debt people who have donned to give him money and he's not going to pay it back anyway. So that's how he perceives himself as rich. He didn't earn any money because he's not smart enough to put together a decent deal. He's just good at talking people into giving him, loaning him money. And then he just doesn't pay it back. He filed yeah. bankruptcy. I mean, to bankrupt a casino is, is pretty hard to do and he did it. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it's pretty hard. Uh, I just want to go down to, uh, um, uh, this Marilago thing again. Um, we know what's going on. Uh, they said, you got to show us the search warrant. So Mayor Garland plays him and says, sure, here you go. And it didn't turn out well for the Republicans. So now they push the goalposts back a little farther and they say, well, we want to see the affidavit. And I'll be honest with you, what I know about affidavits, which is basically an explanation of why they searched, what they were looking for, what was going on, what's the evidence, it gives it all laid out like that. I'll be honest with you, the Republicans are crazy if they want that fucking exposed. But the media is also pushing for it, too. So it's in court, and it sounds like they're going to reveal some of it, not all of it, because... You don't want to give up witnesses and have them be under threat of violence like every other person who's spoken out against the Republicans. And you don't want to give out the whole process of how you were investigating this because that's just going to fuck up the investigation. To me, it's just it's it's just Republicans saying whatever to make it look bad for the Democrats. And they are slipping at every turn. It's just not working out for them. And if they do release part of the affidavit, then the Republicans are going to say, see, they're hiding something from us. Right. But right. Exactly. If, if, if the shoe were on the other foot, the Republicans wouldn't want to release the affidavit if they were investigating a Democrat. Not, well, it's, it's just, it's just firing up their base. And I think they want it to come out. I think, I think deep down there are some Republicans that want violence. They think that's oh, the only way too. that they're going to stay in power is if they create unrest. And I think if the whole entire affidavit were, re- were released with um, with witness names and, you know, because, you know, the person who gave up the location of everything is in there. So, you know, that it's it's just like, I mean, it, 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 there's nothing good can come of it. No, no, there's nothing that good that can come from it. But it's ironic. It comes from the same people that say, you're hiding something. You got to expose it. These are people that don't give up tax records, don't show up to fucking subpoenas, refuse to talk about anything, plead the fifth. It's just very hypocritical for them to say the Democrats or the DOJ is not giving up something when they give up nothing ever. Yeah, they're and they're the party of law and order. 
So there you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're the party of fucking law and order. All right. I, I, I just, you know, I think that, uh, um, it's got to be a shit show wherever Donald Trump is right now because he's got to be feeling some pressure. And if he's not, the people around him are. They're probably trying to tell him that there's a lot of pressure. But uh, we know Donald Trump doesn't listen. He's just going to keep fighting. And, can, you know, they could have him in cuffs and take him away to jail. And he'll still be spewing shit about how he's the victim and how he's right. Um, you mentioned You mentioned violence, though. I brought up something on the podcast. And they keep spewing about third world war or civil war or, um, or how there's going to be fighting in the streets. We're going to take this country back. It's my, what, what I see is we are not going to see any major violence out of the Republicans because they can't win. They're, they're bullies, so they don't wade into anything unless they know they can win. Like when they went to the Capitol, they knew they had Donald Trump protecting them. Nobody's protecting them now. These fucking people will get shot in the streets if they start carrying guns to the Capitol or to the FBI or whatever. You know, just say they protested in front of the FBI, and as mad as they are, not one incident. Because you know what? The fucking FBI would come out of that building with high-powered rifles and take that shit down. They're in a much different situation than they were before. It we're just gonna. I think we're just gonna see one-off incidences like we have been seeing. I agree. And um, you know, I have a family member that's in law enforcement, and they they got a briefing on this, and you know that that's basically what the sentiment that they're they're getting. You know, it's it's just there's going to be one-off incidences and. You know, but they still say be hyper vigilant, and I have noticed that they've stepped up patrols near the schools. Because um, sadly, I could see a, a Trumplican going in there and doing something against the school. But um, basically, the the rhetoric that they've been getting—I mean, that's in this area where where I live—is that just be on the lookout for like isolated incidents. There's not going to be anything organized where it's you know a whole militia is going to go take over a state capital or something it's just they'd be they'd be put down they'd put be put down quickly i mean that's what people talked about during the insurrection why was the police so understaffed why did the national guard not come out why did the doj ignore it why did all this happen well it's clear why it happened donald trump uh put his foot in the middle of it and made sure it didn't happen I mean, he was inciting this thing, and he made sure everything was safe for his Trumplefucks to go after the Capitol. I mean, even before the National Guard, days before, there was a list that came out of all the things the National Guard can't do. He took away power from them prior to the event. And then when the event happened, he just said, yeah, hold them back for a while. It wasn't Nancy Pelosi. It was the Pentagon who controls the National Guard there, and the guy in the Pentagon, well, that was Mike Flynn's brother. So they they don't have that kind of protection now, and they won't wade into it because they fucking know better. Did you hear that story? Um, I don't know if you if I heard it on your podcast or if I heard it read it somewhere else that there were credible threats against Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence, and Joe Biden before they came out the morning of January sixth or late in the evening on January fifth. 
and the Secret Service sat on it until about 5 p.m. on the 6th of January. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, it leads back to Donald Trump being in charge. Right. Yeah, that's exactly my point. <laughs> if Biden had been in charge or the Democrats had been charged, they would have gone after that shit right away. But Donald Trump, it would be cool if Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence and Biden were to be taken down. I don't know. There's there's somebody running for I don't know if it's a state or a federal position. He's a Trump fuck. I'm trying to think of what his name is. I can't remember. But he he stated now he's running for office and he stated that not only should Merrick Garland be taken out of office and tried, he should be executed. This is a guy running for office saying that shit. And do we really think he's going to get elected? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. Even Republicans can't get on board with that. Well, to that point, though, depends where. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah, true. But the likelihood, yeah, he's probably not going to get elected. But, you know, there's always those little pockets, those counties where, well, you know, he makes a good point. I'm going to send this guy to the office. Yeah. So it, it, but but you see more and more people distancing themselves, Republicans, from that. And you definitely see the cracks in the Republican Party. And, um, you know, for, fortunately, I like to, or well, hopefully I like to think that because of that, that's what's going to cause the Democrats to to expand their majorities in, in both the House and Senate. But oh, you know, oh, over and above all the other shit, the uh, um, the Republican Party is fractured. I mean, you've got uh, Liz Cheney and and Kinzinger, of course, but there are people that lean more toward Kinzinger and Cheney, and there are some people that lean toward Donald Trump and fucking craziness. But that that amount of people that are the crazy side is that is uh, is much smaller than I think people give them credit for. People always say, "Oh, they're going to be. We'll never convince them. Oh, we'll never convince them." But we're talking about thirty uh, percent of of uh, the Republican Party or or the country in general. It's just not enough to win elections. People don't understand. We don't need to convince everybody. We just only need to convince a small percentage of people. And if they have common sense and common decency, we won't even have to convince them. They just see what's going on and they don't want to be tied to that. I think there's enough districts out there that there's enough independents that are going to see that and vote Democrat, even if they don't generally vote Democrat, if they're you know just based on what the Republicans are doing. Um, I know I've seen that in Illinois there's been a couple of districts that um, have swung blue, which were historically red. So, you know, that gives me hope for the rest of the country. I'm convinced, see what you think about this. I'm convinced that in the midterms, if the Democrats win in the House and the Senate, expand their majorities, and then once they have the power, Joe Biden and the Democrats pass a lot of stuff that's good for people. I see Joe Biden's polls raise up pretty quickly. He's already gone up 3% in the last week, so things are looking better for him. Um, But if they do that, if they accomplish that midterm thing, and then they start doing some things for the the middle-income people and for the betterment of this country, honestly, because of the fracture in, in the Republican Party, you may not see a serious competition from the Republicans for 10 years. 
We can only hope. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't see. I mean, I think that's the way it went in, I think Ed was saying in the, in the sixties. Right. And, right. or, and I want to say even in the thirties after the depression, a lot of people blame the Republicans for the depression. Well, and then, you, then, then, then you had from in the thirties, you had coming out of the depression and going into world war two. And we had a lot of fascists back then trying to do the very same thing that's going on now. Yeah, it's. I, th- I think you talked about it too, or Ed talked about it. About there was actually thirty thousand, twenty thousand people at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and uh, it's called. A, and I actually watched the video. It's called "A Night at the Garden," and it's just scary, like how you think you're at a Nazi rally, and it basically was. Madison, yeah, and it, you were at Madison Square Garden. And, I, saw, uh, I saw the footage, and wasn't there one young Jewish guy? That went charging at the stage and they beat him up and yeah. they hauled him off. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Yeah. It's like a couple minutes in. Yeah. And when, when you think about who, who was supporting these people, like, like Ed said, Henry Ford, mm-hmm. Grandpa Bush, um, Grandpa Trump, Grandpa Trump, yeah. Dad, Daddy Trump, Daddy Trump, or whatever you want to call him. And, 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 uh, why can't I say his name? He's from here, the flyer, Lindbergh. Lindbergh, yeah. Lindbergh was a big Nazi, which is which is amazing to me. I mean, he's a worldwide, certainly countrywide hero, and he's supporting Nazis over the democracy here. It's it it's it's not like it's never happened before. It has happened before. We put it down last time, and we'll put it down this time. I I well, I, I don't know if it, if it's just something that I'm fooling myself with, but. For me, when I walk into a room, I can kind of read the room. Is this a bad place? Is this a good place? Is this bad people? Is this good people? I just get a sense about it. And in terms of what's going on in this country and in terms of the investigations and all this stuff, I'm starting to get a better feeling for it. I'm seeing things turn to the left a little bit more. And I I feel like we're on a good track. And I, I, I just have this sense that it's going to come out pretty well. I, you know, I think that, and it, you know, it's, it's hard for me to see the other side, you know, for the most part where I live, because I live in a pretty liberal area, um, with a true few Trumplicans sprinkled in here and there. Yeah. But I can say the Trumplicans have gotten a lot louder, like that, that woman in my neighborhood who just, you know, she felt like she was going to, she was going to own me by saying <laughs> something about my pride flag. But I think the, it's gotten smaller on the, on the other side, but they've gotten louder. True. But true. I'm like you though. I, I think we're definitely in a, into a better spot. I think a lot of the, the Republicans that, you know, align themselves with Trump, like people are, are, are done with it. They're just, no, I've, I've had enough. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. Yeah. I think you're right. I think people, uh, if nothing else have had, are done with it. And, and, you know, we've, we've been for six years, We've been in a country of constant turmoil, and that wears on people. People long, I mean, I long for the days when I could just not worry about anything else. You know, by doing the podcast and the TikToks, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always watching it, trying to stay on top of it. Uh, and it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't make me stressed out. But this country generally has constantly been on edge, constantly divided. And there's got to be a time of calm coming sometime soon. There just has to be. I, I remember 
some time ago you could talk politics with somebody and it wouldn't turn into an argument. It was a discussion. Right. And it wasn't people talking over each other. It it was not what I'm doing is what I'm saying is right and what you're saying is wrong. There was it was a discussion, like, oh, I see your point. However, I believe this. And I I it'd be nice to get back to that again where you could have because I mean I have family members that I cannot even talk and I know I know you do too. You cannot talk politics with them. I can't talk and, to them at all. Right. Because, yeah. Be, because of how vocal I am and because of what I do, that annoys them even more. Not only that I think the way I think, I have the audacity to speak it to larger groups of people and that makes them mad. They feel compelled to come up to me and say, You're wrong and here's why. And then at that point, I can't help myself. I got to respond. I'm not going to let you just stand there and say that. And then it becomes a shit show. But I've had many people in my life where I disagreed politically and you argue about a little bit. And then you go on and have a beer or go out and have a barbecue or whatever. There are people literally I refuse to talk to because there's no money in it to talk to them. I mean, people I've known for years and years and years. I've got friends that I went to school with that I might call and say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. I won't do that now because I know it's not going to turn out well. I, I think we've talked about this before, that our the group of people that we like has definitely gotten smaller and smaller. <laughs> um, it, like you, I have friends that we used to get together about once a month um, up until about four or five years ago. And it just got to the point, like, I, I just can't do it anymore. You know, I, I just... They were posting on Facebook about Donald Trump is great. Look what he did. And then COVID came and telling me to do my research and this and that. And I just, you know what? I just, I just can't anymore. It's just too, too exhausting. (laughs) It's ironic that people who don't read or can't comprehend what they're reading are telling you to do your research. It's, I mean, some of the things that people say to me, it's just so stupid. I'm almost embarrassed for them. Because they're so wrong, and all they'd have to do is read a single article, and they'd know they're wrong, and there would be proof that they're wrong. But they just hear what they hear, and they start spewing stuff. And as far as they're concerned, whatever's coming out of their mouth is absolute truth because they said it. And that's, you know, that's the arrogance of it all. Yeah, it's it's interesting because one of my friends from high school, he's got MS, and he needs medical care a lot. You know, he's, he's going to doctors and medication and, and, you know, he, he complains on Facebook how much his medication costs. And I'm like, yet you're against socialized medicine where you could pay a little bit more in taxes and it would be completely free or nominal fee. Well, no, that's socialism. I'm against socialism, but you're okay with spending $750 to $1,000 a month on medication that you need to keep yourself alive or keep yourself functioning. But, you don't want to pay a little bit more in taxes, which would probably be less than what you're paying every month in the medication. But I don't know, because that's socialism. I won't do that. And, you know, it's just you, you have conversations with people like that. It's like, I, I just can't with you anymore. Well, <laughs> Sorry. It, is, it is. I mean, they, they have this misconception of what socialism is. What they don't understand is there a ton of socialism intermixed in our country. I'd be curious if when they're 65, are they going to take their social security? Cause that is socialism, a basis yeah. of socialism. Or if your if your house is burning down, are you going to call the fire department? Or are you going to put it out yourself? Cause that's kind of socialism too, in a, in a, in an indirect way. It's, 
These people have been informed inaccurately, and for whatever reason, they'll live and die by stuff that's just bullshit. Yeah, and I, I, I remember this same guy collecting unemployment, too. Yeah. He lost his job. And that is definitely socialism. So, yeah, like they're going to die on that hill. You know, whether or not it helps them or not, they're they're going to die on that hill. And, yeah. you know, God bless them. Let them do it. I don't care. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's I'll nothing... always have the memories of high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the case. I have high school friends that I don't talk to now because of this circumstance. And I think, you know, we're all different people. I'm a grandpa now. I I I don't really need my high school. I'm not the kind of guy that hangs out with my high school friends because everybody who's my high school friends got other shit to do, too. They got wives. They got kids. They got grandkids. You know, high school was high school. Deciding which kind of beer you're going to drink was the biggest argument. Uh, but we're different. We're in a different world. We're in different people now. Uh, so just by virtue of being their buddies in high school doesn't mean we have to like them now. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think a lot of what's been going on the last six years has kind of solidified that for me. Like makes me think like, God, would we, I can't believe we were even, we've been friends this long and we're so different and we just like don't agree on a lot of things. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it, it's a little bit sad because I do remember the good times that we had, but like you said, we're, we're at totally different points in our lives. Like we've got kids, other responsibilities. I, I just don't need that in my life anymore. Well, think about the positive side. Think about how, how much money you're saving on Christmas cards and gifts. We don't have to buy as many as we want. <laughs> that, that is true. That is yeah. absolutely true. So I'm saying I'm taking that money, investing it. No, actually I'm taking the money I'm saving. I'm buying them gifts and I'm sending it to the fucking Democrats. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll, I'll gladly pay more in taxes. It's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're, we're about out of time. We're over time as we commonly are, but Fred, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk. I love these opportunities to talk to listeners, especially when they're bright and articulate. And uh, so thank you for taking the time and talking to me today. It is always a pleasure and I always look forward to it. Yeah. And, and, and like I say, I love doing it because they're always better shows. <laughs> But and I also, you do half the work. And I do half the work. I get to be lazy. <laughs> and I've been lazy here because I let you carry a lot of it. And you do an excellent job of it and, and certainly can uh, carry the show anytime. All right, Fred, thank you very much. Uh, again, you're welcome back anytime you get a wild hair and you want to talk about some shit. We're here. And all you have to do is email me and we'll get it done. Anybody else out there wants to do it, by all means, send me an email. I hope you all have a great day, and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.